Welcome back, everybody. This is Threeper Fighter Radio. I am your host, The Nobody, and I am here to inform you of various truths that you may or may not know. Welcome back. This is Protocols of the Wise Men of Zion, Episode Five, and this is going to be the final. Um, this is going to be the final day of this document. I'm going to finish reading it to you. It's going to be uh, pretty quick compared to the other the other days. The other days were about an hour, and some of them were a little more than an hour. So I'm going to finish this up. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to the Protocols of the Wise Men of Zion. This is a very important document. We need to get it out there to the people, share it with everybody you know. Um, we need to stop conforming to this new world order because the new world order is almost here. It is almost complete. Their plan to rule the entire world, one government, one religion, and one currency is almost here. We need to do everything in our power to stop it. The church needs to stand up because they do have the power in their hands, but they just don't realize it. Remember, I say this a lot, with Christ we can do all things who gives us strength. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. This is so true, we need to believe it. As individuals, we need to believe it. And as the whole body of Christ, we need to believe it. We are the ones who can make a difference. We are the ones who are going to change the course, the direction of the Illuminati's plan. So I'm going to jump right into it. And I started off, um, well, where I left off was this. Industrial papers will be bought also by the government, which from being as now, a payer of tribute by loan operations will be transformed into a lender of money at a profit. This measure will stop the stagnation of money, parasitic profits, and idleness, all of which were useful for us among the cattle so long as they were independent but are not desirable under our rule. That is where I left off. So here we go. How clear is the undeveloped power of thought of the purely brute brains of the cattle? And again, remember, cattle is us as expressed in the fact that they have been borrowing from us with payment of interest without ever thinking that all the same these very monies plus an addition for payment of interest must be got by them from their own state pockets in order to settle up with us what could have been simpler than to take the money they wanted from their own people now they have been they set up a system where they are just using us they are stealing from us they are becoming rich they have become rich from our sweat blood and tears of our hard work we go to work every day the average person with an average job that is not fulfilling and we are making them filthy filthy rich just so they can continue to control us so it goes on to say, But it is a proof of genius of our chosen mind that we have contrived to present the matter of loans to them in such a light that they have even seen in them an advantage for themselves. Our accounts, which we shall present when the time comes, in the light of centuries of experience gained by experiments made by us on the cattle states, will be distinguished by clearness and definiteness and will show at a glance to all men the advantage of our innovations 
and um, and then it goes on to say they will put an end to those abuses to which we owe our mastery over the cattle by which cannot but which cannot be allowed in our kingdom so the things that they do to us is not happening to them it's only it's it's a one-sided coin goes on to say we shall so hedge about our system of accounting that neither the ruler nor the most insignificant public servant will be in a position to divert even the smallest sum from its destination without detection or to direct it in another direction except that which will be once fixed in a definite plan of action and without a definite plan it is impossible to rule marching along in undetermined road and with undeter and undetermined resources brings to ruin by the way heroes and demigods the cattle rulers whom we once upon a time advised should be distracted from state occupations by representative receptions observances of etiquette entertainments were only screens for our rule the accounts of favorite uh, courtiers who replaced them in the sphere of affairs were drawn up for them by our agents and every time gave satisfaction to short-sighted minds by promises that in the future economies and improvements were foreseen economies from what from new taxes were questions that might have been but were not asked by those who read our accounts and projects and that is again i see that constantly and every every new generation especially this this new generation is the worst most people never question they never ask or or they don't have any um thoughts for themselves they're just blindly led by these evil people and they never question authority their entire lives they just conform to whatever is and they just accept it because it's harder for them the average person to think than to um go out there research use their act use their brain they got their god-given brain but no a lot of people don't even want to think anymore it's it's really it really is sad goes on to say you know to what they have been brought by this carelessness to what a pitch of financial disorder they have arrived notwithstanding the astonishing industry of their peoples protocol number 21 to what i reported to you at the last meeting i shall now add a detailed explanation of internal loans of foreign loans i shall say nothing more because they have fed us with the national monies of the cattle but for our state there will be no foreigners that is nothing external we have taken advantage of the venality of administrators and the slackness of rulers to get our monies twice thrice and more times over by lending to the cattle governments monies which were not at all needed by the states could anyone do the like in regard to us therefore i shall only deal with the details of internal loans states announce that such a loan is to be concluded and open subscriptions for their own bills of exchange that is for the interest bearing paper that they may be within the reach of all the price is determined at from a hundred to a thousand and a discount is made for the earliest subscribers 
Next day, by artificial means, the price of them goes up, the alleged reason being that everyone is rushing to buy them. In a few days, the treasury safes, the treasury safes are, as they say, overflowing, and there's more money than they can do with. Why then take it? The subscription, it is alleged, covers many times over the issue's total of the loan. In this lies the whole stage effect. Look you, they say, what confidence is shown in the government's bills of exchange. But when the comedy is played out, there emerges the fact that a, de a debit and an exceedingly bur uh, burdensome debit has been created. For the payment of interest, it becomes necessary to have resources, recourses to new loans, which do not swallow up, but only add to the capital debt. And when this credit is exhausted, it becomes necessary by new taxes to cover not the loan, but only the interest on it. These taxes are a debit employed to cover a debit. Later comes the time for conversions, but they diminish the payment of interest without covering the debt. And besides, they cannot be made without the consent of the lenders. On announcing a, com a conversion, a proposal is made to return the money to those who are not willing to convert their paper. If everybody expressed his unwillingness and demanded his money back, the government would be hooked on their own flies and would be found insolvent and unable to pay the proposed sums. By good luck, the subjects of the cattle governments, knowing nothing about financial affairs, have always preferred losses on exchange and diminution of interests to the risks of new investments of their monies, and have thereby many a time enabled these governments to throw off their shoulders a debit of several millions. And, you know, pretty much what they're saying there, even uh, when they say cattle governments, that's, you know, that's, they're not the elite. So you have all, a lot of these politicians, people like, say, uh, Gavin Newsom, um, for instance, Kamala Harris, you know, they, they're not the elites. They're evil people, but they are not the elites. They are as well just puppets on a string and they know nothing of the true way that the financial system works, the, the financial system in the way that the elites set it up to work. They purposely set it up so that it, it would be so hard to figure it out. That's why I suggest everyone um, go on Spotify and you can still hear some of Bill Cooper's original uh, stuff from his talk show. And you can hear him talk about the Federal Reserve the IRS and fractional reserve lending. He breaks it all down. He also breaks down that as an American citizen, uh, we are not obligated to pay an income tax. A lot of people didn't know that. I didn't know that for the longest time, but then I did. Obviously, I took his word and then I did more research and absolutely. And there is actually a video that I've seen um, out there. You could probably find it on the internet archives now of uh, the IRS actually saying that it is not mandatory. It's it's not an obligation. It's if you want to, you can, but you don't have to. That was the IRS themselves that said that. So we got to start waking up and uh, again do research. There's a lot of things out there that we don't have to do, but because over the generations, the brainwashing, the indoctrination, and then again without questioning authority, 
most people, you know, jump in line. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And that's that. So back to uh, the reading. goes on to say, Nowadays, with external loans, these tricks cannot be played by the cattle, for they know that we shall demand all our monies back. And look again what they say. These tricks. Okay? goes back to say, In this way, an acknowledged bankruptcy will best prove to the various countries the absence of any means between the interest of the peoples and of those who rule them. I beg you to concentrate your particular attention upon this point and upon the following. Nowadays, all internal loans are consolidated by so-called flying loans, that is, such as have terms of payment more or less near. These debts consist of monies paid into the savings bank and reserve funds. If left for long at the disposition of a government, these funds evaporate in the payment of interest on foreign loans and are replaced by the deposit of equivalent amount of rentes, rents. And these last in it is which patch up all the leaks in the state treasuries of the cattle. When we ascend the throne of the world, all these financial and similar shifts as being not in accord with our interests will be swept away so as not to leave a trace, as also will be destroyed all money markets, since we shall not allow the prestige of our power to be shaken by fluctuations of prices set upon our values, which shall announce by law at the price which represents their full worth without any possibility of lowering or raising. Raising gives the pretext for lowering, which indeed was where we made a beginning in relation to the values of the goyim cattle. We shall replace the money markets by Grandoy's government credit institutions, the object of which will be to fix the price of industrial values in accordance with government views. These institutions will be in a position to fling upon the market 500 millions of industrial paper in one day, or to buy up for the same amount. In this way, all industrial undertakings will come into dependence upon us. You may imagine for yourselves what immense power we shall thereby secure for ourselves. Protocol number 22. In all that has so far been reported by me to you, I have endeavored to depict with care the secret of what is coming, of what is past, and of what is going on now. Rushing into the flood of the great events coming already in the near future, the secret of our relations to the goyim, cattle, and of financial operations. On this subject, there remains still a little for me to add. In our hands is the greatest power of our day, gold. In two days, we can procure from our storehouses any quantity we may please. Surely, there is no need to seek further proof that our role is predestined by God. Surely, we shall not fail with such wealth to prove that all the evil, which for so many centuries we have had to commit, has served at the end of the ends the cause of true well-being, the bringing of everything into order. Pause right there. Again, when they say God, Satan, they are saying they are destined by Satan. And again, they admit to so many evils. They have been behind nearly every war since Napoleon's Waterloo War. They control everything. And I remember doing a little more research on the Rothschilds, and I believe they own 
nearly 70%, could be more, 70% of the world's gold and silver. So back to the reading. It says, Thought, though it be even by the exercise of some violence, yet all the same it will be established. We shall contrive to prove that we are benefactors who have restored to the rent and mangled earth the true good and also freedom of the person, and there with which we shall enable it to be enjoyed in peace and quiet, with proper dignity of relations, on the condition, of course, of strict observance of the laws established by us. So again, they want you to conform. You can have this peace and comfort and all this security if you conform to their way. If, you, if you're a Christian, again, if you accept the mark of the beast, you can have what they what they promise you, right? So, again, you got to conform. If you don't, you die. You go to prison. It says, We shall make plain therewith the freedom does not consist in dis dissipation and in the right of unbridled license any more than the dignity and force of a man do not consist in the right for everyone to promulgate destructive principles in the nature of freedom of conscience, equality, and the like. That freedom of the person in no wise consists in the right to agitate oneself and others by abominable speeches before disorderly mobs, and that the true freedom consists in the inviolability of the person who honorably and strictly observes all the laws of life in common, that human dignity is wrapped up in consciousness of the rights and also of the absence of rights of each, and not wholly and solely in fantastic imaginings about the subjects of one's ego. Our authority will be glorious because it will be all-powerful, will rule and guide, and not muddle along after leaders and orators shrieking themselves hoarse with senseless words which they call great principles, and which are nothing else to speak honestly but, but utopian. Our authority will be the crown of order, and in that is included the whole happiness of man. The arroyal of this authority will inspire a mystical bowing of the knee before it and a reverent fear before it of all the peoples. So what they seek, folks, is power. And they want you to bow down to them and their power. And if you get in their way, they have promised that they will destroy you if you try to get in their way. Well, I have news for them. Every knee will bow down to Jesus Christ when he comes back. They are running out of time. Satan is running out of time. And they will all be thrown into the lake of fire when this is all said and done. So do not fear. Do not fear any of their threats. Stay strong and keep the faith. It goes on to say, True forces make no terms with any right, not even with that of God. None dare come near to it, so as to take so much as a span from it away. Protocol number 23. That the peoples may become accustomed to obedience, it is necessary to inoc in, uh, inculate... Hang on one second. Inculcate lessons of humanity, and therefore to reduce the production of articles of luxury. By this we shall improve morals which have been debased by em emulation in the sphere of luxury. We shall reestablish small master production 
which will mean laying a mine under the private capital of manufacturers. This is indispensable, also for the reason that manufacturers are the grand scale often move. Though not always consciously, the thoughts of the masses in directions against the government, a people of small masters knows nothing of unemployment, and this binds them close binds him closely with existing order, and consequently with the firmness of authority. Unemployment is a most perilous thing for a government. For us, its part will have been played out the moment authority is transferred into our hands. Drunkenness also will be prohibited by law and punishable as a crime against the humanness of man, who is turned into a brute under the influence of alcohol. Subjects, I repeat once more, give blind obedience only to the strong hand, which is absolutely independent of them. For in it, they feel the sword of defense and support against social scourges. What do they want with an angelic spirit in a king? What they have to see in him is the personification of force and power. The supreme lord who will replace all now existing rulers, dragging on their existence among societies demoralized by us, societies that have denied even the authority of God, from whose midst breaks out on all sides the fire of anarchy, must first of all proceed to quench this all-devouring flame. Therefore, he will be obliged to kill off those existing societies, though he should drench them with his own blood, that he may resurrect them again in the form of regularly organized troops, fighting consciously with every kind of infection that may cover the body of the state with sores. This chosen one of God is chosen from above to demolish the senseless forces moved by instinct and not reason, by brutishness and not humaneness. These forces now triumph in manifestation of robbery and every kind of violence under the mask of principles of freedom and rights. They have overthrown all forms of social order to erect on the ruins the throne of the king of the Jews. Now again, remember... Jews, Illuminati, so they're saying they have overthrown all forms of social order to erect on the ruins the throne of the king of the Illuminati. But their part will be played out the moment he enters into his kingdom. Then it will be necessary to sweep them away from his path, on which must be left no knot and no splinter. Again, their God is the Antichrist. Then will it be possible for us to say to the peoples of the world, Give thanks to God and bow the knee before him who bears on his front the seal of predestination of man. The number of a man, 666. Get ready, folks. It is almost here. To which God himself, so you could say to which the Antichrist himself, has led his star that none other but he might free us from all the before-mentioned forces and evils. Now, remember, in the last days, good will be called evil, and evil will be called good. So their evil to them is good. Make sense? Protocol number 24, and I believe this is the last protocol. I pass now to the method of confirming the dynastic roots of King David to the last strata of the earth. This confirmation will first and foremost be included in that in which to this day has rested the force of conservatism by our learned elders, of the conduct of all the affairs of the world, 
in the directing of the education of thought of all humanity. So again, they they choose what direction humanity is going right now. That's what they're saying. And they're saying all the education, the whole education system is um, directed by them. The media, directed by them. Politics, directed by them. Left, right. It's all directed by them. And it's all part of the one world order. Certain members of the seed of David will prepare the kings and their heirs, selecting not by right of heritage, but by eminent capacities, inducting them into the most secret mysteries of the political, into schemes of government, but providing always that none may come to knowledge of the secret. So again, they do everything they can to keep us from knowing the knowledge that they know, from keeping us um, and exposing their secrets. They are doing everything in their power. I mean, pause for a second here. Look at look at uh, Andrew Tate. Look, he was exposing them. Look what they did to him. They made up these trumped-up charges about, um, I believe it was child trafficking. It's total bogus. That's BS right there. So anyone we look at, gosh, Alex Jones, they're trying, to, they're trying to ruin the man, right? Bill Cooper, killed. So Randy Vaughn, exposed, killed. There's a lot, um, a lot of stuff we gotta, we got to look at goes on to say the object of this mode of action is that all may know that government cannot be entrusted to those who have not been inducted into the secret places of its art to these persons only will be taught the practical application of the aforenamed plans by comparison of the experiences of many centuries all the observations on the political on the politico economic moves and social sciences in a word in a word all the spirit of laws which have been unshakably established by nature herself for the regulation of the relations of humanity. Direct heirs will often be set aside for, from ascending the throne if in their time of training they exhibit frivolity, softness, and other qualities that are the ruin of authority. So, pause right there. And they say this all through their, their document when they're speaking to each other. They say that someone who is kind... And who has morals and good qualities um, cannot be a leader. They they they're not. They can't be a politician. So they set it up where politicians are ruthless. They they purposely choose people who will sell their souls in a heartbeat, who have uh, no morals, who are willing to lie to you. Those are politicians. Politicians are technically the hitman that are put in authority. And again, then the police are the foot soldiers that enforce the law, and the politicians are the hitmen. Only those who are unconditionally capable for firm, even if it be to cruelty, direct rule will receive the reins of rule from our learned elders. So, that person must be wicked. And if you think that this government, if you think that the United States would not put you in a concentration camp, you better think again. It was the CIA, and again, the CIA is controlled by the Illuminati. It's just, you know, another one of their arms um, funded Hitler's Nazi Germany. Funded that war, killed millions of people. They are ruthless. They are evil. They are of Satan. So if you think that that 
they wouldn't throw you into a camp just like that and take everything that you own, take everything that you love, you better think again. It goes on to say, in case of falling sick with weakness of will or other from incapacity, kings must by law hand over the reins of rule to new and capable hands. The king's plans of action for the current moment and all the more so for the future will be unknown even to those who are called his closest counselors. So it's all about deception. Everything that they do is deception, to deceive, to divide. Pure evil. Only the king and the three who stood sponsor for him will know what is coming. In the person of the king, who with unbending will is master of himself and of humanity, all will discern as it were fate with its mysterious ways. None will know what the king wishes to attain by his dispositions, and therefore none will dare to stand across an unknown path. It is understood that the brain reservoir of the king must correspond in capacity to the plan of government it has to contain. It is for this reason that he will ascend the throne, not otherwise than after examination of his mind by the aforesaid learned elders. That the people may know and love their king, it is indispensable for him to converse in the marketplaces with his people. This ensures the necessary clinching of the two forces which are now divided, one from another, by us, by the terror. This terror was indispensable for us till the time comes for both these forces separately to fall under our influence. The king of the Illuminati must not be at the mercy of his passions, and especially of sensuality. No, on no side of his character must he give brute instincts power over his mind. Sensuality worse than all else uh, disorganizes the capacities of the mind and clearness of views. Distracting the thoughts to the worst and most brutal side of human activity. Whoa. Pause right there. Now, I tell you. So look at the internet is flooded at the click of a button. Flooded with pornography. Hollywood movies are, are filled with this pretty much softcore porn, right? It is sensuality and, and, and sexually explicit garbage all over everywhere we look. And it's being pushed in the faces of our kids even. You know, most of us, honestly, were, if we're honest with ourselves, we're probably exposed to pornography at a very, very young age. So what they're saying, though, is that their people cannot be exposed to that because clearly it is one of the great evils, right? And, it's, and it's, it distracts the thoughts to the worst and most brutal side of human activity. You know, they, there was a um, study, I watched this this. Uh, documentary and it was about um rapists and how so when they would sit down with the rapist they asked where, where do you think all this started this you know these these sick fantasies that they had and and their you know dementedness and they all said pornography it started with pornography and then they got deeper and deeper and deeper and more twisted twisted things so they don't do the stuff that we do they don't drink either they're a dry society they don't do drugs they don't drink but they force it upon us. You know, it's advertisements everywhere you look. Look at this, spirits, right? Alcohol, um, you know, marijuana, all these, you know, drugs everywhere, flooding our streets, ruining people, causing homelessness. I mean, it is insane, right? But they don't do any of that. 
Because if they participate in the things that we participate in, they could not ever accomplish this new world government vision. They could not do it. They could not do it. Just like if we do it, right? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, you know, something. I used to deal with drug addiction and alcoholism very hard. I was addicted for a long time, nearly 10 years of my life. And now I have been clean and sober for nearly four years. I have not touched anything, not even a cigarette. I will not touch it ever again. And that is because I have been set free by God Almighty. He has taken that addiction away from me. But I tell you, those drugs, those alcohol, they nearly ruined my life. I had six overdoses that landed me in the hospital. I got stabbed in my chest. Uh, this was, and I put it, putting myself in wrong situations, right? And being um, high and, and drinking, I got stabbed in my chest with a 10-inch fillet knife. My lung collapsed and they pronounced me dead. I even uh, attempted suicide by cop a long, long time ago when I was about 20, I believe I was 25 years old. I was so down and out. It, it was, it was, I was in a very dark place because the, mainly the alcohol, but drugs as well, obviously. But, and if I would have, and if I would have kept going in that direction, I don't think I would have been here making this podcast, but God, I know saved me from myself because he wanted to use me. I had a calling on my life. And thank God, it was only by God's grace that he picked me up out of that horrible pit and out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and that rock is Jesus Christ. So if anyone, I know I'm going on a rabbit trail, if anyone out there is suffering or struggling with addiction, trust me, I get it. The only thing that will save you from your addiction, that will save you from yourself, from your flesh, is God Almighty. And that's repenting, turning from your wickedness and he will renew your mind and heal you. He did it for me, and he can do it for you. So this is the last part of it. It's almost over. They go on to say, The prop of humanity in the person of the supreme Lord of all the world of the holy seed of David must sacrifice to his people all personal inclinations. Our supreme Lord must be of an exemplary irreproachability. And that is it, folks. That is the uh, protocols of the wise men of Zion. So if you have uh, just this year, you tuned into this one, I suggest starting from number one. Yes, it's long. It's going to be a few hours, but it is so worth it. And especially if you take notes, get a notepad, get ready. You need to know this information. We all need to know this information. This will completely open your mind. You will, I mean, it is so worth it. We all got to read this document. We all got to study it and understand it. The more you understand this, the more you will um, be able to get out of the matrix. Because that's what this is. They created a matrix. This is exactly what we're in. We are in the matrix and we need to break free. We need to get out of this thing. We need to give our lives over to God. We can have such a good life here on earth. And now I'm not saying materialism, but we can be, we can have the peace that transcends all understanding. The Bible tells us this. And I tell you, I have found the peace that transcends all understanding. For the longest time of my life, especially my addiction, I never believed that I could have peace because I was fighting with these demons for so long. But I tell you, God works miracles and he uses the foolish things of the world. Okay? He uses 
the foolish people of this world to do great things. I was a fool for a long time, and I was asleep. There was always something. Even as a kid, though, I knew something was off. I never, I was never one to conform. I was never one that just fit in with all these, you know, what the world was doing, what the other kids were doing. I was always different. I always had a, a different kind of vision, a different perspective on life. I knew that I had a great purpose. And as we know, people with great callings on their life are are attacked really hard. They are attacked. Satan tries to attack them and destroy them because they do have such a calling on their life. And if that person can recognize that calling, they are such a danger. They are the biggest threat to Satan's plan. Okay, so I hope and pray that people that are listening to this, that you understand um, what you're here for. And I hope that you, that God reveals the calling to you. And you got to pray about it. I had to pray for a long time. What was my calling? I had to ask God that he would reveal it to me and what are my spiritual gifts? And finally it was exposed. And obviously I could have easily passed it up. I could have said, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I know God, you want me to do this, but that's kind of dangerous or no, you know, I'd just rather be selfish and be comfortable, you know, go home, work, go home, watch TV, you know, go party and, and, you know, go traveling all for myself, but I don't want to tell anyone about you. I don't want to try to wake people up. Well, no, I want to wake people up because it's what God wants me to do. And I want everyone to be saved. I pray for everyone, even the wicked people that they will turn from their wickedness. I pray for the salvation of everybody. I don't wish hell upon anybody. And again, as believers, as the church, that's our job. Like it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another man. We need to be encouraging each other. And if, if our brother or sister is in sin, we need to call it out, righteously judge them and let them know, hey, come out of your sin. But we got to be there for one another. We need to go to the orphans and widows in their affliction. We need to clothe the naked. We need to feed the, the poor. We need to help these little ones. We need to stand up, stop these abortions, stop human trafficking. We need to make a stand. We have the power, people. We have the power. We have the Holy Spirit. Satan is afraid of the name of Jesus because he knows what's coming. And there is nothing scarier than someone who accepts their role in the kingdom, who the man who stands up for what he believes in, there is nothing more powerful than that. You want to know what a dangerous man looks like? A man of faith. That is a dangerous man. A man not only that has faith, but physicality. A man that trains every day, even if it be an hour. That is a dangerous man who lives by faith and faith alone. And on top of that, trains his physical body. So he's training spiritually and physically. That is a dangerous man. Because a man that lives by faith is not afraid to die. A man that lives by faith is not afraid to stand up for others. There is no fear in that man. Yes, he may feel fear, but he does not live by fear. There's a big difference. You don't want a, a weak man who doesn't who doesn't train, who doesn't work out, who doesn't do anything, has no physicality and no faith. 
That man's going to do nothing for the world. God did not create us to be weak, docile little creatures. Sulking and having a pity party. God did not create us for that. He created us to have overwhelming power through the Holy Spirit. Through His Holy Spirit. That's where we gain our power. And if we... Remember, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is true faith. So if we live like that, if we live every day like that, even if we don't feel like doing something, we need to do it. Because we believe, we have faith. And a strong man does not live by his feelings. Every day he wakes up, even if he doesn't want to go to the gym, even if he doesn't want to train, he's going to go to the gym and he's going to train. Even if he doesn't want to pray for people that day, well, guess what? He's going to go out and pray for people. And that's where we're really going to see miracles happen. I know for myself, when I'm out there on the streets, I do street ministry a lot. And when I'm out there and the days that I don't want to pray, but I go out there anyways and I pray for people, I tell you, God just brings people my way that, that need that encouragement, that need prayer. And it builds me up. So if, if I'm feeling down or I'm feeling, I don't want to do this, but I do it anyway. And I follow God's commands and I say, all right, God, use me today. I'm your mouthpiece. Use me. I'm, I'm, I'm your vessel to, to go out to the world, right? I'm an instrument of thy peace. I'm an instrument of thy vengeance. Whatever he needs me to do, I'm going to go out there and do it. And the minute I start praying for people and I start obeying God, I feel his Holy Spirit just fill me with power. And that enables me to continue on. And then at that point, I'm unstoppable. Just one person after another, prayer, prayer, prayer. And I see uh, miracles happen in people. I've had people in the back of my car because um, I drive and I drive for a living. I, I do uh, Uber pretty much full time. And I've had people in the back of my car. Uh, there was this one instance. It was an ex-gang member. He was for like 50 years. And he I picked him up from it was a he just did a job interview and I believe it was at Amazon. And so we're driving back, talking to him. He was telling me about his life story, he opened up to me. I told him about my testimony, what I went through. And and by the end of it, we prayed. I prayed for him. And immediately, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit just came into the car, overwhelmed him, and he broke down crying. Another time. And again, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not me. I just obey God. And he uses that. And another time, there was this girl I was driving in. She was uh, so depressed. In fact, I had picked her up from uh, the hospital because she had attempted suicide. And we're driving back, and I had like 30 minutes with her to, to talk to her. And by the end of it, I said, can I pray for you? And she says, sure, why not? And we prayed, and immediately, again, bam, Holy Spirit hit her. She needed it, and she starts bawling, crying, but in a good way. She, she didn't have a smile on her face the entire ride. And by the end of it, she was smiling. She got out, and she says, thank you so much. You just possibly saved my life. You made me want to live another day. I see that there's hope. And that girl left that car, and who knows where she's at today, but I, I believe that seed was planted and that God is doing a great thing in her, and we have to believe that. We plant the seeds, and God waters it, right? God is the ultimate gardener. He is the great physician. He is King Yeshua, mighty Yahweh. 
So I just want us to bow our heads right now and pray before uh, we sign off on this podcast. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for another day alive. We thank you for the food in our bellies and the roof over our head. Heavenly Father, we just pray for wisdom and discernment and that you continue to use us for your glory, God, that you use us to go out to the world and proclaim the gospel of truth as you have commanded us and exhort our brothers and sisters. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for a hedge of protection for us and our families, God, that you keep wickedness away from our houses, from our children, from our wives. Dear Lord, I thank you so much that you've given me the ability to speak up and to speak out and to call out evil for what it is, Lord. And I pray that everyone listening right now, that you give them just so many blessings in their life, that you that you fill them with your Holy Spirit and rest your Holy Spirit upon them right now so that they feel it, Lord. That they feel your presence right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we rebuke Satan. Lord, let us decrease and you increase. Use us, Father. Help us to have, if there's some of us that are struggling, Lord, I pray that you stir up that fire that you have put in every believer, Lord, and that we go out there and do your will, that we recognize our calling in our life, Lord. Allow our will to conform to your will, Father God. Lord, I pray that you continue to humble us. Give us a humble and contrite spirit, Father God. Heavenly Father, and I pray that those whose eyes are not open, I pray that you open them, God. Remove the scales from their eyes and show them that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to the Father except through you, Jesus. And I just pray for the salvation of everybody that is listening right now, and I pray that you bless them tremendously, God, and at the same time that that you protect them. Lord, we thank you so much, Father, for another day. Help us to fellowship with one another every day. Help us to be that light in this dark world, Lord God, and help us not to grow weary. Help us not to fall into the lusts of our flesh or into the temptations of the devil, but help us to have a renewed mind, Lord, a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit. Let us be, let the old man be gone and the new man take action. We thank you, Father. We thank you so much for everything that you've done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, we thank you. Uh, I thank you, folks. And I hope that I could be of an encouragement today. That is going to be the end of this podcast, and that is the end of the Protocols of the Wise Men of Zion. I hope that you can listen to all of them, all five of them, because it is some serious knowledge uh, and wisdom in these in these books. So I thank you. May God bless you. May God keep you, and may God protect you. See you later.